0: listening to Ask Nurse Alice presented by nurse.org where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello friends and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner and I'm really excited about this episode because there is a lot going on. We've seen a lot in the news about Nurses going on strike because of mandates for a variety of reasons. And I know you guys have been hearing a lot about the nursing shortage, uh, compassion fatigue, people leaving the bedside, and so many things. And, you know, one of the things, even I'll say this, even before COVID, we had a nursing shortage, right? It was slow brewing, but it was there. And one of the ways that we handle being short staffed in the hospital is we rely on travel nurses. So these are nurses who come in for certain periods, usually short periods of time to fill in staffing gaps so that we can provide the great care that we need to, to our patients and everything goes off without a hitch. Now, let me bring the, the pandemic back in. We've had with, with the pandemic, I'll say this, there's been a lot of resources thrown out there to help provide a better experience, to help fill in staffing gaps. We just need more healthcare workers out there because there's been an increase in demand of services. Now, I'll say this. With that, agencies have been so desperate, they have been willing to pay top, top dollar for nurses to come in and to fill those gaps. Now, some of the core staff might feel some type of way about that. But you know what? Whether you feel some type of way about it or whether you're the person coming in making $10,000 a week, we're going to have a discussion. We're going to have a discussion with one of who I think is one of the most amazing uh, travel nurses out there. And you guys have seen her um, all around on social media. I love her to death. She's amazing. The one and only Sarah Gaines, guys. Guys, please welcome her to the show.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm
0: excited to have you too, because I just want to just cut to the chase. I usually do a little more of an intro, kind of set the stage up, but I just have so many questions uh, I want to ask about this because I'm a nurse. And actually, I'm in it, so I'm an advanced practice nurse, I'll say that. But I'll also say that during this pandemic, I've still worked the bedside, I've worked in the ICU, I've worked in the ER, and then in my advanced practice nurse role, worked at the COVID federal testing sites and all these things. So I'm seeing a lot of different things. But one thing is very clear, we are short staff, not enough people coming in. We're trying to hire people, but it's hard to acquire staff, especially when we know that travel nursing seems to be very popular especially more more popular these days so for those of the folks that are listening Casair we have you know we have nurses we have doctors pre-nursing pre-medical folks and then we also have kind of just general public and they may not understand what travel nurses are they're not nurses who just take care of people when they when you travel that's not what this is but travel nursing is like a big a big deal a big to do so at first if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself, and then, how you entered into travel nursing and what you do as a travel nurse, I think that'll set the stage.
1: okay, perfect. yeah, I'm excited to talk about what travel nursing is because many people have the misconception that travel nursing started during the pandemic okay. <laughs> um, but I've actually been traveling for several years and it is something that has changed my life so. Basically when I was a staff nurse, I was a staff nurse for about three years. We were very, very short staffed all the time. We had ridiculously high nurse patient ratios, a very chaotic, busy and hostile work environment. And I had mandatory overtime, so I was just not feeling it. I was not happy for quite a while. but. Honestly, I had heard about travel nursing, but I thought it was too good to be true. I was like, what do you mean nurses (laughs) are making twice as much pay, working the same amount of hours? I don't believe it. It just sounded like a scam to me. But ultimately, the straw that broke the camel's back for me, that kind of pushed away all of the fear because I was scared to do it for a very long time. But my dad was diagnosed with cancer. I was his hospice nurse for several months, and I took care of him until he passed away. And the day after he passed away, my job, my manager called me and they wanted me to come into work pretty much immediately. And I asked if I could just have a few days off and they gave me one week. So my dad passed away on Sunday. His funeral was the next Sunday and I was required to come to work on Monday. And I just asked, please, can I, I didn't even want a couple days off for that week. I was just like, I'll work the end of the week. Let me work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because he obviously was a very important person in my life. And the answer was, no, we're short staff. You need to be here. So I went to my dad's funeral on Sunday and arrived to work on Monday morning. And to be honest with you, I think that I had convinced myself that everything was going to be okay. I pulled it together. Everything was okay until I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So my patient delivered a beautiful baby boy. Everything went Perfectly. And she called her dad in to say hello to his first grandchild and I lost Mm. it. (laughs) I'm not married. I don't have any kids yet. So of course, the first thing that went through my head was my dad and how he's just, we're never going to have that moment together. So before I knew it, I was literally on the floor in the fetal position, just completely broken down. And all of my coworkers, you know, they were surrounding me, hugging me, telling me, "Sarah, it's going to be okay. We're so sorry." And then my manager walks up to me, she puts her hand on my shoulder, and she says, "Sarah, you're making a scene. I need you to get up. You need to clean up this patient because there's another patient waiting in triage."
0: What? What? <laughs> no. Are you serious? And- <laughs>
1: That is literally what happened. And I was honestly in shock. You know, I want to say like, oh, I was so mad and I did this and I did that. I was in shock and I just looked at her. And what's sad about it is in that moment, I knew I was done. I knew I wanted to quit. I knew I had to get out of that situation. But unfortunately, I felt stuck and I felt like there was no other options for me. Yeah. So I got up and wiped my tears finished cleaning my patient up, and before I got my next patient from triage, I went on a lunch break. And while I was eating lunch, I was scrolling through (laughs) emails because I was on everything, every job website, (laughs) putting in my job applications. I'm like, does someone email me? And I'm scrolling through these emails. I don't see anything. And then my phone randomly rings, and it's a random travel nurse recruiter. And they're like hey sarah you should totally jump into travel nursing right now it's gonna be so amazing and i was like what travel nursing i'm like my dad just passed away i'm having the worst day ever i don't have time to be jumping into travel nursing. trying to live my best life that is not what i need to do but the recruiter was actually like well sarah you know you're currently in houston you live in houston and you need a job in Dallas because that's where my mom was at at the time. And I wanted to be closer to her. She was like, yeah, you could pick up an assignment in Dallas and it's twice as much money. It's the same amount of hours and you'd be closer to family. And I was like, that sounds like a scam. So I said, no, I hung up on the recruiter. (laughs) And crazy enough though, I get off the phone. I'm finishing my lunch. I'm scrolling through my emails, and an email was actually forwarded to me from my dad before he passed away. He forwarded an email for a job as a travel nurse, oh. and it was for the same job that the recruiter had just told
0: wow. me. Wow! Won't he do it? Like that? That message, yes. like that, was a signal. Like Sarah, it before was, you catch
1: it, it was absolutely before, a sign. Like before it, you catch
0: a case at the job that you're at. <laughs> Before we get some knuckle sandwiches going on, because this this nurse manager is out of line. She, first off, let me say I'm sorry that that I'm sorry that happened to you. No one should ever have to experience something like that. And you know, they said Do you have a best friend at work. I wouldn't. My best friend would have jumped in like, "Oh no, 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 we're not doing that today," because that was completely out of line, insensitive. I always wonder about people like that. I'm like, Are you happy? Like, exactly. what's ha- what's going on in your life that you're so insensitive? But that lunch break. I mean, that was a sign. That was a sign that you need to get up out of there.
1: It was absolutely a sign. And my dad was actually one of the first people to bring up travel nursing to me before he passed away. Wow. He was a world traveler and it's like, you should do it. And I was like, dad, you're crazy. I just thought he was so crazy. And so, yeah, everything came full circle. And as soon as I saw that email, I called the recruiter back before my lunch break was over and I was like, I'll take the job. I don't care. Like I'm just going to take it. <laughs> And the recruiter was like, oh, did you change your mind? I'm like, long story, but just tell me what I got to do. So the recruiter submitted me and the recruiter said that I would get a call you know, within the next couple of days. I finished my lunch break not thinking anything of it. And within a couple hours, they called me for a job interview. Wow. And I ran into the supply room and did my first travel nursing interview in the supply room. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And like aced the interview. Everything went well. They offered me the job. I accepted it. My recruiter sent over my contract. I signed my contract. And then by the end of my shift, I gave that same manager my two Oh, days. you
0: finished the shift, huh? I don't know if I would have made it. <laughs> I don't know if I would have made it. If as soon as they said you got the job, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. Let me empty this locker. <laughs> but see, I can say that now. But let me say this. There are so many nurses out there who feel stuck right? So like you were describing, you feel powerless, like, oh my gosh, because in nursing school, they're like, take the first job that you get. Like, we're like crabs in a bucket trying to get that first job, especially as a new grad. So when you get that job, you know, hold on to it, get your experience because it's tough in these nursing streets, right? To get that first job, especially if you don't have a whole bunch of experience. So we feel helpless. We're at the mercy of departmental and operational needs. Listen, life happens. And I believe that, you know, if you had gone home, the nurses would have been fine. Those patients would have been fine. And I hate to say this, but some, I so dislike, because we're just, re- we're just uh, referred to as FTEs. We're just like a body. Sometimes when they're doing their, in the staffing office, like they're just looking at numbers. How many nurses, how many nurses, they're not necessarily looking at those numbers as people. And I think that's where the uh, nursing, nursing can do better with how they, how they treat their staff. But it sounds like, there There was a message sent to you. It was like, "Hey, Sarah, we're gonna get you up out of here. Follow the lights. this is which this is the pathway. So you took your first travel assignment. How was it?
1: So my first travel assignment, and one thing I want to back up and say is it was very unfortunate that that happened to me, that that manager treated Absolutely. me that way, but the silver lining of it is it pushed me into travel nursing. I don't think I would have ever worked up the courage Mm -hmm. to actually do it. I think I would have made every single excuse to stay in my comfort zone, even though I knew I wasn't happy. It was just like, I knew what I was, I was comfortable. Basically. Mm -hmm. I knew what I was, What is that they say? Like the devil, you know, versus the unknown, some kind of quote. I don't know, but (laughs) I was comfortable with where I was at. So Long story short, my first assignment was actually a crisis rate assignment. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and it wasn't as, well, I'll preface it with I didn't really have any preconceptions about travel nursing. I didn't know much about it, so I was too naive to be scared or nervous. <laughs> And so I just started my first assignment and it was amazing. It was really amazing. I think a question a lot of nurses ask me is like, you know, when do I know if I'm ready to jump into travel Mm -hmm. nursing? And my response is, you know, of course you want a minimum of one to two years of experience, but it's more about your skill set and the type of experience that you had. So for me in particular, I had experience at a county hospital, level one trauma center, And they did the most deliveries in Texas. So when I did a crisis rate contract at another hospital, it was about, it was less than half of the deliveries that I was used to. Their patients weren't as high acuity. So even though the nurses felt like they were in a crisis, I was like, oh, this This is Right. I was like, oh, I love this. I ended up staying at that contract for a year and it honestly was Such a blessing, the staff, they were so welcoming from day Mm -hmm. one. I still, it's several years later, I still keep in touch with, actually went to a retirement party for one of the nurses that I met at that first assignment several years ago. I keep in touch with a lot of them and it was a great experience and it was a great introduction to travel nursing. And it wasn't even my plan to do, to be a travel nurse forever. It was my plan to pick up a travel nurse assignment and see if I like it, and then apply to a permanent job. But then when I realized that freedom I had, because I'd actually in between contracts, I had bought a one-way ticket to Costa Rica, lived out there for a little bit, then came back. And I was like, mm, staff nursing isn't going to give me that. right? <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I guess I got to do this for real. <laughs> yeah,
0: the freedom and the flexibility that, tra- that comes with travel nursing is amazing. But let, let me back up to your first point. How did you know when you were able to travel? You are so right. Cause I think people, you know, they see the highlight reel on social media with, Oh my goodness. Like she's in Costa Rica. Wait a minute. She finished her assignment. Now she's in <laughs> she's in Italy. Like what's happening? Like you're all over the place. It looks amazing. But to travel, you definitely have to have your skill set down, that knowledge, that experience, that tough Y'all have a little bit of tough skin and you have to just be resourceful. That is the, that's really it. The resourceful. So i and I'll just share. So I've done some traveling as well earlier in my career, but I'll, and I'll say this, I worked in medical surgical ICU, cardiothoracic ICU, like all of this mainly ICU. And then I was like, shoot, cause level one trauma center, we did the most heart transplants, all this kind of stuff, like really high level, high acuity, those type of things. And so I, when I took a travel assignment, I was like, oh no, I don't want to travel. I don't want to travel in like this ICU. I was like, let me travel as a tele nurse. And you know, so it'll be easier because I was concerned. I was like, this is a lot of work. Although I could do it. I was like, this is a lot of work and I don't want to work that hard. I need a break. And then I ended up taking a, a travel assignment at a smaller hospital. And I was just like, I was just doing my thing and whizzing around. I I did not know. And you guys listen to your recruiter, talk to your recruiter, because I did my first travel assignment. Why was I being in charge nurse and preceptor? Had no idea that I that you're not supposed to do that as a travel nurse without some type of premium or in there. But I'm doing all this and then I'm I'm dropping off a patient at ICU and I'm giving a report and the ICU nurses are looking at me like like cause I wasn't bothered or nervous. I'm like, this person, okay, we're gonna take an ICU. They're like, You're an ICU nurse, aren't you? I was like, Yes. They're like, come on over. And then I started working in ICU. Like, just, you know how they float you at work? Didn't say nothing to my recruiter. I just went to from telling the ICU and, and I did it all wrong because you're there's premiums for specialties. So before you take on an extra duty at a travel assignment, just know you should be talking to your recruiter about what's happening. But I was, I was, I was, I was prepared. They were, you know, I had I felt confident. When I'd step out on the floor, I'm like, okay. Break room, crash cart, bathrooms—you like some key things, right? And then once you've done nursing, it's like you know what the end goal is. It might look, you know, recipe might look a little different. Might you know just got to learn the players, but nursing is nursing, and as long as you're a good nurse, you care and you do the you know do the right thing, then you'll be successful at travel nursing.
1: Yes, one thousand percent,
0: one thousand percent. But now, now Sarah, let's talk about this though. Sometimes the travel assignments. You can be the best nurse and you can be resourceful and all those things, but sometimes those assignments are still just crappy. Can you tell us about a time where you've taken a travel assignment and it was like, oh Lord, when is, when is these 16 weeks going to be over? Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I want to preface it with, I mean, of course, everyone's experience is different, but for me personally, I've done about 20 contracts and there's only two that I just hated that I just had Mm -hmm. to. Get out of. However, everyone's experience is different. I feel like I'm kind of (laughs) nonchalant as a nurse. But the one assignment that I was absolutely miserable at, surprisingly, I mean, yes, it was unsafe. That was part of it. But honestly, the biggest part of it was that the staff was just so toxic. And I just feel like that's 10 times worse to deal with. I can deal with a heavy assignment but constantly dealing with toxic nurses. And then for me, I was early in my travel nursing career. I wasn't as like charismatic and as outgoing as I am now. And so I spent majority of my time at work and it made me really sad that I didn't make any friends at work Mm. because I would go to work and then I would go home and I was in this unfamiliar city and I didn't know anyone. So I would just be at home all alone every single day. And then I would go to work and everyone at work just didn't like me. So it was a very hard assignment for the first couple of months. And then I actually ended up extending, which is crazy, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that's when I learned about myself. I was like, no, I'm not going to extend. like, please, please, can you stay? I was like, no, there's nothing you can do. And they're like, well, it was right around the holidays. So they were like, well, we'll give you a week off for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, a week off for Christmas, a week off for your birthday in January. You can do self-scheduling and we'll double your pay. Oh. And I was like, yes, okay, I'll extend.
0: <laughs> so wait, so what you, it seems like there was some negotiation that happened. So some people don't know that you can negotiate your travel contracts. So they think that whatever the recruiter comes with, like that's the best it is. And the recruiter may even say that, but I know you got some tips. I know you got some tips, Sarah. Like, so what is, what are some of the oh, most, You know, what are some of the most common mistakes that someone who's interested in being a travel nurse makes when they're trying to lock in a contract.
1: I would say the most common mistake that nurses make, and I made it myself is just working with one company and one recruiter. As I, you know, mentioned earlier, I talked to that one recruiter and all I knew when they offered me that assignment was like, wow, this is way more than what I'm making as a staff nurse. So it felt like it was great money But when I arrived to my first assignment, I found out I was the lowest paid traveler on the unit. There was nurses making thousands more than me and I had no idea. So my biggest suggestion, if you're looking into jumping into travel nursing, you want to make sure you work with a minimum of three to five companies because no matter how big the company is, there is not one company that has contracts with every single facility so if you're only working with one company you are i can guarantee that you're leaving money on the table because they just don't cover all of the facilities so you want to make sure you're working with three to five Mm -hmm. companies and then you also want to make sure you're comparing the contracts that they have to offer you a lot of people ask like well how do i know if it's a good rate well if you're working with five recruiters and they send you five offers for the same place you're going to see which recruiter is offering a good, offering a good rate yeah. and which recruiter is not. And you you'd be surprised because there's sometimes a $5,000 difference between the rates, which is insane. So yes, definitely work with multiple companies and compare offers. Okay. That's the biggest advice. And if that alone will help you save a ton
0: of money. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, Sarah, now, You just said that people are leaving thousands of dollars on the table. Is it reasonable for me as a new travel nurse to really expect kind of those really high paying assignments initially? Or is that kind of a luck of the draw? Because you've been doing this for a while. But like if if I'm new, if I'm new, like this is my first travel assignment. Can I, can I really negotiate for, like, I listened to Sarah and Sarah said that I should be asking for this, 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 like, is that going to work for me as my first travel assignment?
1: That is such a good question. I'm so glad that you asked that. My answer is, so there's, it's a Mm two-part answer. First of all, when travel nurses are hired, we're all offered, it's the same bill rate regardless. The hospital is just like, listen, we need you to hire 10 nurses for this rate. It's the same. It don't matter whether you have one year of experience or 50 years of experience. As a travel nurse, you get the same rate. That's like one of the biggest differences between like travel nursing and staff nursing. As a staff nurse, if you have, you know, like even ADN versus BSN, exact same thing, travel nursing. It's the same thing. Whether you have 10 years of experience, one year of experience, exact same thing. Whether you have whatever certification versus no certification exact same rate it's up to you to negotiate but here's the big but having that experience having those certifications having experience as a travel nurse makes you more likely to land the job but once you actually land that job if they've sent you the offer the playing field is even. So you should absolutely negotiate. So,
0: th- and thank you for that. Now, let me ask this question. This might be on the on the opposite end of it. Now, if you're someone who's an experienced nurse, you have tons and tons of experience because when you work at a, a hospital, you know, they pay you for like, oh, you went back to school, you have the certification, you're, you know, you have all of these incentives and then just tenure being at a hospital and you can get pretty high uh, on the salary list. Is there ever a, a point where someone who has that much experience, um, if you're just looking at salary, where travel nursing may not be lucrative to them? Is that, is that a case?
1: I highly doubt it. And this is just me going from my experience. So I'm a nurse who started in Texas and I know many of the nurses who were capped yeah. you know at the highest, their highest I think was their ha- highest hourly rate, I think was like 52. And they were capped and they'd been worked there for over 20 years. And me as a travel nurse, it's been years since I've worked for less than a hundred dollars an hour.
0: Nice. That is pretty amazing. Okay. I, I hope y'all are taking notes. Y'all are you guys taking notes? You guys make sure you follow her. Okay. Now let's say, you know, you're, and this, this is the weird thing. Cause you're taught, you said an hourly, but it actually is rather complicated when you break down your salary. And listen, y'all, I learned that from my first travel time. I was so confused. They're like, okay, well, <laughs> we're going to give you a housing stipend, but we're not going to tax you. And then if we calculate this and like, oh, you're not taking the benefits. Okay. Well, we're going to give you this. And like, it was a very complicated formula to get to my salary. Any tips for making that easy to understand?
1: I will say, I'm glad you brought that up because honestly, I would say that's the second most common mistake that I see travelers make is not understanding their pay breakdown um, because it's not the same as when you're a staff nurse, but the easiest way to describe it is, you know, if you're a staff nurse, you have your hourly rate, like say you're getting paid $50 an hour and that's it. You get paid $50 an hour, you get your check and taxes are taken out of it. When you're a travel nurse, your pay is broken up into two main portions. One portion is your hourly rate that is taxed. And then you have another portion of your pay that are your tax-free stipends. Those are tax-free stipends provided by the government to travel nurses to cover our cost of living, our meals and incidentals. So the biggest thing that you want to ask is when a recruiter sends you an offer, you want to ask them for the full pay breakdown. That's another mistake travelers make. The recruiters just like, oh, you're going to make this much a week. And then they get their paycheck and it's not what the recruiter said, but in reality, you just didn't look at the full pay breakdown. So you always want to ask the recruiter to send you the full pay breakdown and you want to calculate your own pay. Don't rely on your recruiter to calculate your pay because you're going to end up bamboozled. (laughs) Like, Don't do that. But unfortunately, I would say like 90% of travel nurses just rely, like the recruiter will say, oh, your take home is going to be this much. And they're like, okay, but think about it. How does your recruiter know how much you're taking home? They don't know what you file for taxes. Are you married? Do you have six dependents? Do you own a home? Like there's just so much that goes into it. So when you're looking at the pay breakdown, you want to look at your hourly rate and you want to look at the tax-free portion. The biggest tip I can give is typically if you want the most lucrative contract, the smartest thing to do is to lower your hourly rate And max out your tax-free stipends if you can, because that brings more money in your pocket after taxes. Yeah. So that's why you may see when you're looking at the complete pay breakdown, it may say like $20 an hour and X amount in stipends. And you're like, what? $20 an hour? I ain't trying to make $20 an hour. And if you're naive, I did that actually my first contract. I was like, I ain't making $20. You need to bump that up to $50. And my recruiter was like, "Okay, whatever." They didn't bother to explain it Mm -hmm. to me, so they bumped my hourly rate from twenty dollars to fifty. That took Uh tax-free money away, and make so I was making less. It made no sense. It's crazy to think about it, you know, in hindsight. But yes, the industry standard Mm -hmm. for a a travel nurse's hourly rate to be on the lower end, simply because it's more beneficial for us to have more of our pay be tax free stipends, if that makes sense. So typically it's like 30% of our pay is hourly and 70% is actually tax free, which is what makes travel nursing so lucrative. And another thing I want to point out is I hear staff nurses, they tell me all the time, like, well, actually I'm making a lot more money where I'm at now. And I'm like, well, if you're making 2000 a week," And I'm making $2,000 a week as a travel nurse. I'm probably taking home after taxes $1,900, and you're probably taking home $1,500. So we're actually not making the same when you look at we the We are not, pay the pay same, <laughs> not the same, sis. Stop. We
0: are not the same. So all of this is like the good stuff, the juicy part that everybody wants to know. Let's talk about something that maybe go doesn't go talked about as much. Now, let's say you're at work and then there's an incident or there's a mistake. Or, you know, maybe you are accustomed to doing something one way at a previous hospital, you do it this way. And then, you know, somebody runs and tells them and they write a, you know, you, you get counseled or written up. How does that process for a travel nurse? Like, do, do travel nurses have the same go through the same type of hr counseling process as a staff nurse what's that world like i mean i'm not implying that sarah has been written up y'all i'm sure she's an excellent nurse she's probably <laughs> seen people that this happened to okay just putting it out there but sarah for other travel nurses who you know have been written up or had had an issue or <laughs> making a mistake what happens to them what what's that process like is it the same
1: So travel nurses actually are not treated the same since we're not employees of the hospital. So you, as a traveler, I'm not going to say you shouldn't, but For me personally, I don't go to the hospital's HR as a traveler because I'm not an employee. I'm a contractor, so I'm going to go to my company. That's who I work for. And typically, and another thing to ask when you are comparing different companies and recruiters, another thing to think about, it's not just about the money. When you're looking at contracts, you want to look at the big picture. A very important question to ask is, How will I get support as a travel nurse? If there is an emergency, do you guys have a nurse advocate, a nurse liaison that's gonna advocate for me? Do you guys have an emergency hotline? What if I work night shift and it's 2 a.m. and something crazy happens? I Mm -hmm. mean, how am I gonna be able to get a hold of you when you're asleep? And some companies are like, oh, we ain't got a hotline, we ain't got nobody. (laughs) And other companies are like, yes, we have a nurse advocate that they're open 24 seven, we have an emergency line for you. And those are things to make note of. So as a traveler, definitely want to make sure you document whatever incident it is, and follow up with your recruiter via email and request the nurse advocate or call the emergency line if you need to. But the biggest thing to remember is to have a paper trail because it usually turns into he said, she said. So having a paper trail, filling out an incident report, if that is necessary, do all of those things.
0: Okay. The, all, all that is really interesting. And these are some good tips to know. Before we wrap up, I want to ask another question here. So we're in COVID still. We're still during the pandemic. Rates are really high for travel nurses, things like that. Do you foresee the rates going back to what they were? Because, I mean, you have a lot of nurses who have elected to, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and travel and do a travel assignment or even just do a um, pick up registry assignments because there's been so much premium pay that's been thrown out there compared to what they were making at the hospital. So it sounds like hospital administrations are paying for people to come work at their facilities, but they've not been supportive or increased the pay of their staff who's remained loyal to them. And some of them have even made it difficult for their nurses to leave so they can take a higher paying assignment. Do you foresee any of that changing? Or do you see like, we're leveling up? Like, what do you predict when it comes to like salary and support for nurses? Or will this be the trend? Nurses are going to become, you know, no one's going to work for a hospital. We're all going to be contract or we're all going to be working in these short term assignments. No one's going to be working anywhere long term. What do you think?
1: I think when it comes to travel nursing, since our rates are affected by location, specialty, demand mainly, and things like natural disasters, patient census, you never know, there could be a whole nother variant that happens next month. Travel nurse pay is definitely unpredictable. But what I can say is I do think that travel nursing is going to be more competitive with the years coming because simply there's more nurses competing for those contracts, but that's okay. It just means you need to be more strategic when it comes to finding those contracts. And then when it comes to just nursing in general, I really hope and pray, I'm hoping that basically travel nursing in general forces these hospitals to up their standards. I think that's what's going to happen. I think these staff nurses are realizing, wait a minute, I deserve better. I do deserve to have my, I want my PTO. I'm tired of it being denied, you know, and I shouldn't have to work mandatory overtime. And I do need to get paid more money and, you know, and I should be getting paid crisis pay. I mean, think about it. That's the only reason why staff nurses started getting paid crisis pay because it was like, wait a minute, these travelers are getting paid crisis pay. So I hope that those conversations keep happening because I think all nurses, should get the pay that they deserve and the, the freedom that they deserve. Unfortunately, I know so many nurses are passionate about their career and they're they're walking away because it's just so much going on. So I think hospitals are going to be forced to treat us better and travel nursing is raising the standard for staff nurses. So- that's what I hope. I, I hope it raises the
0: same I hope so too. And as a, a profession that's predominantly women, I think some of that is why that contributes to why there's been such a disparity in pay, even from the beginning, right? And look at this. We are trusting with the lives of people. I mean, how valuable is that? Now, listen, y'all, healthcare, it is a business. Many of us enter it because we care about people, but it is still a business at the end of the day. And if you think of all of the, the demands of nursing and everything that we're doing. It's high stakes. We're short staffed. There's a high demand of healthcare, people who need healthcare services. We really should, you know, we deserve to be compensated fairly. So this is going to be an interesting discussion to see how all of this plays out. And we also need more nurses in the C-suites and running hospitals to help guide many of these conversations and put these changes in place. So thank you so much, Sarah, for weighing in and sharing, schooling us all day, every day, schooling (laughs) us on some of those important things and conversations (laughs) we need to know for those who are exploring travel nursing. I think everyone thinks it's all glitz and glams, but there's definitely a lot you need to know about from, um, you know, negotiating your contract, asking for, you know, is there going to be support for me and how to handle maybe some of those tough situations uh, on the unit. But hey, I love the freedom that you get between your assignments. And I think, you know, this conversation will definitely empower nurses to not feel stuck. Right. So I'm excited about that.
1: Yes. You're never yes. Yes. You're never stuck anywhere. Travel nurse, staff nurse. You don't have to be stuck anywhere. Like you just said, Alice, these hospitals are businesses, and as nurses, we're their biggest asset. So remember that. We're just the
0: largest segment of the healthcare workforce, you know. I'm just saying. I mean, if we if we all (laughs) said not today, listen, the whole world's gonna halt. But Sarah, real quickly, before we go, can you tell people? what you're working on and where they can find you and follow you on social media and other things like that.
1: Of course, you can find me at Sarah underscore Gaines on Instagram, also known as the Six Figure Travel Nurse. If you want travel nurse tips, daily inspiration, definitely follow me on Instagram, turn on your notifications and watch my stories because I'm always filling the tea. And as usual, I'm working on the Six Figure Travel Nurse course and community. If you're interested in learning more about travel nursing and how you can leverage it to accelerate your career and use it as a stepping stone,
0: you can definitely
1: enroll in the travel course when it opens.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. We appreciate everything you're doing. And I love your social media. Listen, guys, you got to follow her on social media. I love the videos, especially. I mean, they're informative and they're real life. Like I relate to like, Oh, that's me. That's me. I'm feeling that. And laughter goes a long way. So it's kind of good that Sarah's able to poke fun at us in the profession in a way that, you know, we can smile, but then we're like, "Mm, take note, take note. (laughs) listen thank no that's
1: what i try to do i try to do a little get a little laughter but also squeeze in a little bit of
0: education (laughs) aka read you give you the read about what's going on and what you need to do but thanks so much everyone for tuning in to the ask nurse alice podcast thank you so much to nurse.org for uh presenting it you guys if you haven't already make sure to visit nurse.org tons of great information on their website everything and anything from you know, before you get in nursing school, you're in nursing school, want to study for the NCLEX, maybe you've been a nurse for a while and you're ready to pivot. So many great pieces of information on there. Check them out. And then for myself, follow me on social media, Ask Nurse Alice. And if you want to send your questions, your comments, you can email me at nursealice at nurse.org. Would love to get your feedback. And hey, maybe you can be our next guest on the show as well. So make sure to share the podcast with your friends and family. Sharing is caring. Subscribe, like, rate, review, all of those good things. And until next time, make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. See you later. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.